0: Hello everyone, my name is Ahad Hassan and welcome to Titan Alumni Talks, a weekly podcast where we talk to alumni about their journey as a Titan and where they are today. Having been established in 1957, Cal State Fullerton is now nearing 300,000 alumni. Because we are a family of Titans, we should ask the question, who are our alumni? Join me every week as we meet some of our CSUF alumni from various industries to answer this question. For today's episode, we have Kara Lazowskas as our guest. She graduated from Cal State Fullerton with a master's in muscle physiology in 2019, and she now works as a coach at Dog Pound in LA. So thank you, Kara, for being here with us today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Ahada. I appreciate it, and let's go Titans. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so first of all, what do you do now at Dog Pound?
1: So right now, it's essentially a mix between the ex fizz life I know and love, training and coaching, everyone from the mom and dad, the businessman, to the star celebrity uh, to the professional athlete so it's quite the variety uh, which creates a lot of autonomy in even an hour-to-hour basis of who's going to be in front of me and who I'm going to be connecting with and changing lives with.
0: I see so how did you get into this whole personal training and coaching how did you get into all of that?
1: I got into it really at a really young age. When Ever since I can remember, I've always loved sports. I've always been questioning how I can get perform better in fitness, perform better in sports, basketball especially. And so growing up, I always had a really big interest in the fitness industry. And it just translated into I was one of the lucky ones who always knew I wanted to go to school for exercise science, for training and coaching and understanding the human body at a deeper level. And it all started just through sports, through loving, changing my body, love being in the gym. was such a purpose and passion of mine for selfless reasons at first, and then it turned into a very selfless reason where I want to now help others.
0: So how did you combat the whole social norm of women aren't supposed to be too into fitness or trying to go to muscle building?
1: I combat the norm by being myself and being authentically me. And as long as you're authentically yourself, people start to take notice and start to understand from their level of understanding, because people only understand from their level, not yours, of, oh, she's smart, she's she's done this, she's not super bulky, but she's lifting these weights, she's you know eating normal amounts of food for her body and fueling herself, and she's performing well. Maybe it's not a stigma, maybe it's something I should experiment with and attain to. And that all comes from being in an authentic place and allowing yourself just to be and not trying to force that conversation on others. Your work will speak for yourself and then the conversation will start just based off your actions. You know, yeah. we're going to progress.
0: Hopefully that's the way. And it seems like that's the way that's going. Oh, yeah. So since you mentioned that you are from New Jersey, what made you come to California, especially LA? Such a big change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yeah.
1: definitely a big change. And I get a lot where you're from. Uh, even now, three over three years... Since I've moved out, the biggest reason I came out here was to push myself academically. So Cal State, you know, University of Fullerton. As Titans, we are, in, especially in the grad program. I graduated from under Dr. Andy Galpin was the only place in the country where I could get the research knowledge and the graduate degree that I got, <laughs> that I got right now, which for me was something that I knew I had to do to progress myself because originally New Jersey kind of had it made. I knew everyone, everyone knew me pretty much. I was in and out of New York City. I was running transitioning facilities. I was working with NFL athletes. I was comfortable. And I didn't like being that comfortable. And I knew I wanted to go back into academia. I just didn't want to go to a university where the bar was set low. And I wanted to make sure if I went to a university That master's bar was going to set high because my thought process always with a master, especially in strength conditioning or fitness, was why would I spend all that money on a master's? I can do that in those same studies in the gym or in the facility that I'm working at and actually making money. But Cal State Fullerton was the only place where all the research we're doing you can't do in a gym, you can't do a facility, and you are going to get better
0: you seem like the person who's always challenging yourself and you never take the easy way out, even though it is easy mm-hmm. if you stayed somewhere else, but you wanted to come here to challenge yourself academically. And even if it was academically, here it would have been uh, more difficult than it would have been in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, so yeah, 100%, That's the, that was the crazy thing, is if it wasn't for my you know chosen family, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, who I talk to pretty much every day, challenging me in New York City, I always say it started one cold February night, we were sitting talking and she's one of the best doctors in the world and she's challenged me and, and showed me what Dr. Galum, what Andy was doing here and said, you need to get your master's here. And I said, okay. And it just rolled on from there and it was the best decision I ever made in my life academically.
0: So what made you stay here afterwards and not go somewhere else after you graduated? Just fell in love with LA.
1: The easy answer is the weather. Oh yeah, it's great. <laughs> it, is, over here. it is quite cold on the East Coast right now, and it's only getting colder. Yeah. Uh, my mom loves to send me uh, videos or weather reports oh. of how it is there. Then I'll tell her it's 80 degrees here. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one yeah. way, but also is the opportunity out here, especially in the industry of fitness, wellness, transitioning. Yeah. The opportunities are sky high here, and you get so many touches with so many different people of all walks of life, where On the East Coast, yeah, you get that, but it's a little more constrained. Where LA's so vast, Orange County's so vast in the opportunities within the industry that I didn't want to just get up and leave to go home to a comfort zone. I wanted to really see, can I make it out here? Because if you can make it in Southern California, especially financially, you can make make it anywhere. anywhere. (laughs) All of a sudden Texas becomes real affordable. If you can make it, yeah, so that was my biggest thing is give myself some years to really apply myself within the industry and in a place that's uncomfortable. Because the first three years here, I was you know, I was uncomfortable academically, but I didn't have to be in reality reality. Yeah. I was in academia, which kind of has a weird non-reality feeling where you're not actually adulting, but you're adulting. Yeah, it's,
0: it's <laughs> a little weird. Like, And a lot of people here can relate to it, especially yeah. me. I feel like I'm an adult. I'm 20 years old, but... Yeah. I know that I haven't experienced the real world yet. I haven't done nope. anything yet. I'm still in the bubble, in the safe zone of school. Yeah, yeah.
1: and that's why I didn't want to go right into the Ph.D. route. I have a lot of friends that went right from master's and uh, right to Ph.D. or right to med school, and then I see them years later. I talk to them while they're in it, and they don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they I call them you know, professional readers. They can read all the research. They know all the facts, figures, lab testing, but you get them in front of a person or a client, especially in our industry, in the fitness industry, and downhill. Yeah. You know, they cease to have emotional integrity or emotional intelligence to even understand body language anymore. <laughs> Not that that's everyone. Every You know, everyone is so different. But I didn't want that to be me. I wanted yeah. to be challenge myself, go back in the field, apply all of everything I learned and everything I did here, and see what happens the next couple of years.
0: So how long did you take as a gap between your bachelor's and your master's? Between my
1: bachelor's and my master's, I took a solid, let's see, I was 20, took me seven years to get my undergrad because of ACL surgeries, Mm -hmm. uh, four of them in total, and trying to live out the basketball dream I had. So it took me a little bit longer. Then I had a three-year break before I went and came to get my master's here. So
0: what were you doing in that break?
1: During that period, I was finding myself, quite frankly, I dealt with a few things uh, regarding eating disorder, regarding and I'm a very transparent person, open book style. So uh, had to go through that in rehab. And it kind of what, why, the why behind what to unpack that further was after all the knee surgeries, when you tell someone that their whole dream was to play overseas basketball and play professionally, th- whose career barely got off the ground, that it's never going to start, you have a whole identity crisis. Mm-hmm. And even socially, I didn't even know what it was to be social because all I knew was sports. So I had to take a few years, you know, finally came back to get the degree at William Patterson uh, in New Jersey. But then I knew I had to take a few years to find myself. Who is Kara if she's not in school? Who is Kara if she's not a full-time athlete? Like, who am I? What is my social life like? What am I even like in front of people? So I had to take those years to find that. And then I started slowly progressing back into the field, started in North Jersey coaching, came out here uh, for a weekend with Seal Fit to do Kokoro. And that's where my life really started to change because I realized how much I loved California. It was my first time out there in 2000 and f- wow, 2015, <laughs> that was four years ago. And it just, from there, I realized how important life was as much as just, social life was, as well as academic, as well as your gym life, how you had to have, I don't believe in balance because I think something's always out of balance, but to be able to understand that you need to know who you are in all aspects of that, in every aspect of life, not just one aspect, because then if you lose that one aspect, now you're lost, you're in identity crisis, and you might start turning towards things like certain addictions, certain behaviors that you normally wouldn't to fill that void
0: that's the issue that comes with a lot of sports that people play. Uh, if you look at most careers, like whether it's business, computer science, uh, being a doctor, there's not one thing that would change that would change your entire career. But if it comes to sports, one injury, you break your leg, you tear your ACL, your like things just end right there yeah. for you. So that's that yeah. risk that people don't like. Sometimes they don't see or they overlook but it's very, like it exists, it's real. Uh, yeah, People don't see that.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> especially when you're short. And <laughs> you're, I am already short as a basketball player, so yeah. I had to be quick and agile. So ACLs really, you know, after the third one, it was really one of those situations where I didn't want to say no, but medically and physically, I couldn't play at that high level anymore, mm-hmm. and I had to be able to step away. Mm-hmm. And that's when you really start to find out who you are. Even academics, when you finally leave academia, then you really find out who you are because you're not in the bubble anymore. Yeah. You're in the real world and not everyone's so nice.
0: (laughs) So that's interesting to see how you would have to change your course and you took your time to figure out. But after you graduated with your bachelor's, did you know directly that you wanted to to do your master's eventually?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I say yes and no, because at first I had a lot of people at that time that weren't exactly the best support team or support system. I always say I have a circle of five. Five people wanna make in a decision that I call, i vent been to, I bounce ideas off of. And at that time, I didn't have a very strong circle. I had a lot of people who told me, especially in the personal training world, that I shouldn't go get a master's, you don't need that, you don't need extra school. It's a waste of your money. Uh, look at all the money or success I've had. I don't even have a certification. I was told all those things. So it took a while for me to realize how, not that they were wrong, but how unwrong it was for me and my path that I wanted to pursue a higher le- level of education in academia. I didn't wanna just make an excuse that, well, oh, because they said it, or they said I shouldn't that I shouldn't because I think the word should or shouldn't or is worse than the word I can't because now you're, you're planting weeds instead of flowers in your brain. And it, you don't realize over time how much that affects your decisions.
0: I see where you're coming from with that because most people will see that with physical sports that why do you even need a bachelor's for it? If you're just good at it, good at training, then you're already set. But it seems like you want to complete your PhD also, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Yeah. so that's
1: a that's a big thing I wanna do. I always I say early (laughs) thirties because where I wanna get it is a very advanced PhD level and it's in University of Sydney sports science program, because it's one of the best in the world. And that's I'm very headstrong in the sense that once I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. But I know I need these few years to apply everything I've learned here, soak it in on a very real level before I go back and go back, dive into pure research and lab work and working purely with, you know, 100 grand machines (laughs) and work with 100 grand people instead right now.
0: Because the thing I really like about you is that you don't take college as it's going to make me more money later or I'm mm-hmm. doing this for my career in the future. You think about it, you're just learning and mm-hmm. you're taking that advantage that school is learning. And a lot of people don't see that. They say, oh, like, people tell me to get my master's. I ask why. And they said, so you can get a better career later on. I tell them I'm taking uh, two minors right now. They say, why? It's a waste of school and a waste of time. Oh, yeah. I'm doing it because I like it.
1: I've, yeah, 100%. And I get that a lot, probably every day. Someone asks me, Well, why do you want to do X, Y, and Z? You know, do I need my master's? You don't need your master's. Or my favorite comment is, Well, nowadays with the internet, you could learn all this stuff on YouTube. And normally I'll tell them what I did in grad school here. And then the comment back is, Oh, I guess you can't learn that, that on YouTube. Yeah. And I said, well, it's it's about where you go. You really have to do due diligence of what you specifically want to learn, what your subject matter is, and really push for it. Push to expand your brain because academics has been around since the beginning of time for a reason. Because it helps people, regardless of money, it helps people become better. And a lot of people get caught up in the money situation that they get a master's to make more money, they get a PhD to make more money, and that you got to check yourself at the door because that's not going to happen unless you're very very lucky that's not you don't go out of come out of school with any degree and automatically are making six figures a year it's part of the process you got to still develop yourself
0: so after high school when you got into college did you go directly from high school to university yeah, correct and then did you work anywhere in between there
1: no i was a full-time athlete i had oh, a maid oh, i was that's true, full-time yeah. basketball all i knew was training yeah. I went to classes, got A's, and was the jock. I was a college <laughs> jock. I was that, you know, that chick. That yeah. I was either, if you didn't see me in class, I was in the weight room or on the basketball court. That was it. That's yeah. all I knew. Yeah, And that's why when all the surgeries happened, it hit so hard because I knew nothing else. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what it meant to be, you know, until 20, yeah, until your age. Yeah, I had no idea what it meant to be anything other than a... University athlete.
0: For me, I did start rugby this year, but before oh, that, okay, I yeah. played rugby. First. Oh, you yeah. did too. Oh, okay, that's pretty interesting. What uh, what position did you play? At? Wing. Oh, okay. I was the yeah. scrum half. Oh, okay, yeah. so I, like I, I was a smaller guy, so I was yeah. the scrum half. I was a little <laughs> yeah. faster, so oh, yeah, yeah. I had wing was fun. Yeah. So, but up until when I started university, up until now, I've just been working, like just mm-hmm. different jobs. I've always just been like picking something up. So I can see if someone told me that I'm not able to work anymore, I'm not able to. Just get into a different field where mm-hmm. I can learn from different experiences outside of school, and they said you just have to stay in school now or figure something else out. Mm-hmm. I I can see where that impact would be put on me, but mm-hmm. even then, it still wouldn't be as big as the one put on you since you were doing this since you were young, right? Yeah,
1: it was. It definitely was ripped. The I like my favorite analogy I like to use is. I had a shark bite, and someone put a Band-Aid on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I had this huge wound, and you know, someone just tried to fix, slap a Band-Aid on it to fix it. And it was a, probably a wound I had, had for so long that didn't allow it to heal or didn't allow myself to understand what reality was because I was in this such this bubble of the student athlete that knowing what was outside of that didn't occur to me. They didn't even think about it once. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, now I got to think about it. Oh, there's something called a job. There's something called <laughs> uh, gas. There's, you know, it's $4 and change out here yeah. now, so it's, it's crazy. I mean, even going to, you know, food, especially in Southern California, yeah. food's ex- even more expensive out here. It's just a different realm and new reality that you have to face. And when it happens, you know... Stay ready soon enough to get ready. But if you do fall down, you will, yeah, you people around you reach out a hand, you'll get back up, and you'll be better for it too. Yeah.
0: You just got to work on yourself and make sure that you're in the right mindset of facing these challenges and you're ready to overcome whatever comes at you. Mm. And it seems like you are that person who was able to do it and seems like is able to do it if mm. anything else comes at you now.
1: Yeah, you don't got to try to always be the hero. I think a lot of people always try to be the hero, be the the individual that always has straight A's and you know even Nothing bad happens to them. They always have straight A's, they've never flunked a test. And but all of a sudden, one day something of that nature happens and they fall down a deep dark rabbit hole, whether it's mindset wise or eating wise like myself within food, that's what I controlled, or it's being you know, in a super depressive state you know, whatever the case may be, you got to be able to recognize that everything is in ebbs and flows and the universe, whoever you believe in, is going to challenge you some way or another at some point. And like you said, the world is not all unicorn, rainbows, butterflies, and... Everything's pretty. <laughs> yeah,
0: especially when you said you were pretty big in college and you were the jock over there. It seems like when you're the big fish over there, and then once you graduate, once you get out of that, no one knows you, no one knows who you yeah. are, then it's like, what do you do at that point?
1: I would say, you know, for general, this applies to undergrad and graduate students newly graduated or been graduated for a while is, like I was saying earlier, check yourself at the door. Confidence. uh is a necessity. Make sure ignorance is not bliss to me. I'll make sure you're continually educating yourself and learn about people and situations and uh, even yourself. But when I, what I mean by checking yourself out the door is that to be aware of the shoulds, as in I should make money or someone tells you you should do something because normally that handicaps you and handcuffs you to what is really the reality you're seeking because someone told you you should do it. Or you told yourself, I graduated, I should be making money or I should have a job. You don't have the life experiences. You don't have to have anything. No one has to give you anything just because you have a degree. So really to check yourself and realizing, you know, I don't like when people say should or I should be having this. No one has to give you anything. You have to essentially take it. You have to be able to earn it for yourself through the life experiences, through the grind and through your hustle and being authentically yourself, which is, you know, how we started because the way you could do anything is the way you do everything and that accumulates to even how you shake hands with somebody so making sure that you stay true to yourself but also understand that life's not going to be easy it's not going to get any easier might just get better if you choose to listen and check yourself
0: and a lot of people fall under the impression that they're unique or they deserve something they're entitled to get something back just because they did something small, like getting a degree. Mm-hmm. It isn't like small, but a lot of people do it. So yeah. what makes them special? And they feel that they are entitled to a well-paying job. They're entitled to a good career.
1: Yeah, it's like Jim Carrey said. He got, became famous on Oprah for talking about being broke, homeless in his car and writing writing a check for, I think it was $10 million or a million dollars check for it and dated it to motivate himself that, you know, just a blank check wrote to himself that that's what he wants to make and then he went and did it and got an actual check for that amount of money. I think it just goes to show the power of a vision and striving for something and understanding within yourself and with others that you're not entitled for anything. And unfortunately, 2019, we live in society, especially now being in Hollywood, the amount of entitlement I see in trust fund babies, it's very disgusting because that's 0.001% of the population. But we take that point zero zero one percent and think it's a hundred percent of us and it's not all the rest of us we can get there of course we can get there but we have to check ourselves and understand that every little thing we do
0: matters it's all about the grind that you have to work yeah. on yourself and work on the things that you're passionate about and the unfortunate part is even if you do that it doesn't even guarantee that you get nope. the success later in life no nope. and there, there's just a lot of issues that come with it and people expect and that's why you said before people fall into this depressive state
1: Hey, it's always a new day. If yeah. the sun comes up and you're up win the morning, win the day. Yeah. Uh, that's how it always works And anything you do. Just yeah. make sure when you wake up, you're doing what you want, you know, you're living with a purpose. And you figure out your why. Write stuff down. Yeah. Don't be afraid to write stuff down. We're not too into technology yet to, or be too prideful to not have a notebook. And it sounds to that. me so much nicer about actually having a pen yeah. and paper out versus typing on your phone. We all have notepad on our phone. Yeah. But for some reason, for me, it doesn't translate the Mm -hmm. same as having an actual piece of paper and writing things down.
0: So with that, we're going to end it off since the hour is coming up. Is there anything else that you would like to add? If
1: you do, speaking of social media, if you do want to connect with me, if you have further questions, I'm pretty much an open book at this point in my life. I'll help you in any way or serve you in any way that I can. Uh, You can find me at K-I-L-E-R-K-0 on Instagram. I don't do any other social media. I just stick to one. But if you just shoot me a message on there,
0: I'll help you out. And then you also have a website where people can learn more at?
1: Yes, uh, KaraKillian.com.
0: All right. So with that, we're going to end it off. So thank you so much, Kara, for joining us this week and sharing your experiences and wisdom with us. It's super cool how you did graduate recently, and you were really big. And if you do want to watch any of her videos for the Titan Games, they're really entertaining to watch. I watched some of them and I was just like, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute, Like, this is just super cool that oh, you're doing yeah. over there. It's
1: Hollywood. <laughs>
0: also, how was it meeting The Rock? Did you like, like it? Also, awesome. like, that great? guy
1: deserves every millions of dollars, everything he's earning. Yeah. It's like talking to your uncle. You, you know you're a peasant to him, but you forget that you're talking to the, the to Wayne Johnson because yeah. he makes you feel like your family. He has that magic Johnson effect where he lights you up and you have no idea yeah. that you're talking to him. And then you leave the conversation like, I just talked to Dwayne Johnson. But it's he makes you him. feel like he's on the same yeah, level as you. He's he such a good guy. Yeah. You know, as long as you're a hard work worker, I mean, he's going to rip you a new one if you're not working hard mm-hmm. and you're on his team. But which I, had, I had saw as well, but made me respect him more because he cares so much about everyone. Yeah. And you want everyone to make money, everyone to do well. So... Uh, Yeah, he deserves every, what, $400 million he made last year. He (laughs) deserves it all because he does so much.
0: Yeah, it seems like he is, like, very down-to-earth, and he works for every single dime that he made. I
1: wasn't expecting that that good of a guy. Yeah. And he wasn't just putting on for show because I saw him on, off-camera, in between days, and he never really faltered. Yeah. Which was weird.
0: Because he is, like, a hard worker, and I see that in you, too. So I can see where he finds that, like, good sense of Uh, comedian there. uh,
1: yeah, Yeah, and I've seen other celebrities that I won't name names of that everyone thinks they're great people and I've met them in person and they're not very nice. Yeah. So. It's a facade they put on for the <laughs> yeah. camera, for the social media. So I love letting people know that he's, Dwayne really is down to earth. He's, awesome. he's a he human He can walk being. in here and act like he's been here 30 times he knows you all. Where hmm. I can't say that about too many celebrities.
0: I see so that's super cool that you've met him yeah. and it was like fun doing all that. So if you do want to see all that interaction and the videos of her outperforming like insanely, <laughs> so saw, it, was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, you could check it out. Just search like Titan Games, Kara Lazowskas, and then it's up there. Yep. And it's super cool to see that on there. If you have missed any of our episodes, you can check them out on YouTube by searching for CSUF alumni.